Welcome to Donnacloney Parish Podcast. If you want to know more information about the parish, how to support us, or for other social media, please go to www.donnacloneyparish.co.uk. Thank you. Well, good morning again. And we're continuing to look at Christ's heart for sinners and sufferers in the Gospel of Luke. And as we open our Bibles together, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that your word and your spirit would work together so that we might see the invitation of the Lord Jesus Christ to come. To come. We are tired. We're heavy laden. We're worried about coronavirus, sickness, suffering, death. He will give us rest. We thank you and praise you that his heart is gentle and lowly. He doesn't run away from suffering. He runs to it. And so, Lord, I pray for all of us that we would come to him and find rest for our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if you've suffered for a long time or even for a short time, whether you've prayed those words that we've just sung, how long, O Lord, how long? I know that that has been a prayer of mine as this lockdown seems to have gone on and on and on and on. And it's a prayer of God's people as they suffer and struggle. It's an honest prayer. We see it in Job chapter 13 verse 22, in Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2, in Isaiah 6 verse 11, in the Psalms, Psalm 13, Psalm 79, Psalm 89, and many others in Revelation 6 verse 10. And it's a question that's never far from our lips, particularly for those who are ill, for those who have family members in hospital, those who are recovering from COVID, those who are worried about COVID, those who are caring for those with mental or physical needs, those home le- teaching home learning, for those going through home learning, those looking after young or old, And everywhere in between, how long, O Lord? Those who are sheltering, again, cut off from any of their friends or from church fellowship. How long, O Lord? Those of us who can't gather in a church building and hug and hold each other, pray with one another, sing with one another and to one another. How long, O Lord? And that's a question that we meet with these two people that we're going to meet in our passage today. Jesus meets with two sufferers. And the big idea for this passage is this. Don't fear. Don't cry. Trust. Trust in the tenderness of Christ and his timing. Now, the first person who's been asking how long... O Lord, is this unnamed woman in verse 43. We see that she is seriously, seriously ill. She's been bleeding for 12 years, no doubt making her anemic and as weak as a kitten with this constant loss of blood. We don't know whether it's a hemorrhage, we're not sure what it is. But how blessed we are to have the NHS, which is free at the point of need. Praise the Lord for all of their hard work, Praise God for their sacrificial spirit. 
But look at the financial burden that this woman has gone under. End of verse 43. If you look at your footnotes, it'll says, and she spent all she had on doctors. And not only had they not helped her, Mark chapter 5 tells us that they actually made her worse. But what we might miss in the social and spiritual burden, uh, should I say, what we might miss in this is the social and spiritual burden that this illness has brought upon this woman. Her ongoing bleeding, as does any fluid uh, coming out of a person, it makes her spiritually unclean. That's the Jews, that is. An outsider in her own community. She was in, how can we describe it, like a 12-year quarantine and I don't know whether you've had the quarantine for 10 or 14 days. Well, that gives you a little bit of insight into what it must be like for this woman. Shut off. Separate. And that's why she comes up in verse 44. And she comes behind Jesus and she touches the edge of his cloak. See, she's worried that someone might tell him. She's worried that someone might say, what are you doing in this crowd? You should be at home on your own. You're unclean. Get out of here. The second person who's asking, how long, O Lord, is a synagogue ruler called Jairus. We see him in verse 41. He's totally different from this woman. He's a somebody in society. See, he's named. He's got a position. And what he's got in common with this woman is that he's desperate. Do you see in verse 41 it says, Then a man called named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, which remind us of Luke chapter 7, the, the widow of Nain's only son, uh, this only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. So she's as old as this woman's disease. And she's dying. Now perhaps Jairus had heard about the raising of the widow's only son. Do you remember as we saw uh, Luke 7? So he comes and he falls to the ground at Jesus' feet and he pleads him, come home with me. And Jesus does come, but not straight away. And we get this sort of sandwich going on here in Mark chapter 8. We get this either side, uh, the bread bits are about Jairus's daughter and then in the middle, the meat or, or the centre of this sandwich is the story of this woman who's been had this bleeding for 12 years. And so Jesus gets delayed on the way to Jairus' house. And it seems that he gets delayed deliberately. And Jairus is just watching this whole thing play out. And we can imagine him saying to Jesus, Jesus, come on, my daughter's dying. This woman's been bleeding for 12 years. One more day isn't going to hurt her. Come on, please. And then in verse 49, we read it's too late. Well, Jesus is still speaking. Someone from Jairus' house tells him that his 12-year-old daughter has died. Now, as you know, I have a 13-year-old daughter. And I do not know what I'd be doing if she were dying. I don't know how I'd feel 
if Jesus in stopping to heal a lesser condition meant that the life of my young girl was lost. And so Jairus is left asking what many of us ask in the face of death, especially the death of the young. Why? Why, Lord? How long, O oh Lord? How long? This time, too long. But of course, Jesus has power over death, like we've seen with the widow's son. He has the power over disease, like we see with this woman. He has the power over demons in the passage before ours. And he's power over nature as he calms the storm in the passage before that. That's why we don't have to fear. The other thing that this woman and Jairus have in common is that they're both terrified. They're both afraid. Do you see verse 47? And the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed came trembling and fell at his feet. Jesus says to Jairus, verse 50, don't be afraid. Just believe and she'll be healed. He is to believe, just like the woman who had faith in him, verse 48, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Now, if we were looking at the identity of Jesus this morning, we probably would focus on the power of Christ. And that is a really important subject as we get to Luke chapter 8. Because we can see the power very clearly. We can see his power so clearly here. He has power over nature, over demons, over disease, even over death. And that power he has is huge. Look at verse 44. She came up behind him, touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. The wound is healed immediately. A little bit different than the 12 years of appointments and disappointments. Verse 54, Jairus' daughter is raised with two words, child arise. Child arise. It's what her mum would have said to her in the morning to get her up for school. And Jesus gets her up from death. See, in the presence of power of Christ, death becomes sleeping. What we could miss as we focus on the identity of Christ is the heart of Christ here. By focusing on Christ's power, which isn't a bad thing to do, we could miss his heart. See, we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear just because we have the power of Christ. But we don't need to fear because of his tenderness and his timing. Let's focus on his tenderness this morning. I wonder, were you confused about this weird debate that in the crowd as this woman touches him and then tries to disappear back in the crowd and Jesus makes a big fuss about who touched me? He seems to make such a big deal of it. Why? See, Jesus is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows who's touched him, but he's not going to embarrass this woman. But do you see what he's trying to do is tenderly draw her out. You see, if she is to be publicly restored, she needs to be publicly healed. 
This woman has been quarantining, uh, been shut off spiritually and clean for 12 years. And now Jesus lovingly wants to restore her in public and say, she's healed. She can be back in the community again. It's not just for him and her to know that she had faith in him. He calls her out so that everyone will know that she has been healed and she's no longer unclean. The quarantine is over. And I want you to see how kind and loving that is of Jesus. And do you see what he calls her in verse 48? And he said to her, daughter. Daughter. It's the only time that's recorded for us that Jesus turns to a real woman and says, daughter. So just pause there and think about that for a little second. In an instant, this woman has gone from unclean, outsider, to clean, daughter. And that's what Jesus does for all of us. Each one of us, you and me, who fall, who sin and fall short of the glory of God, who naturally are outsiders, who are sinners, to all who come to him in faith and repentance, he cleans us. He adopts us into the family of Almighty God as his brothers and sisters. We become part of God's family. As Romans 8 tells us, insiders, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Even this morning, hear him as you come to him in faith and repentance. Daughter, son. And if that is what Almighty God calls you, who is anyone to call you anything else? That's where you find your identity. As we come in repentance and faith, we're adopted into God's family, God's son, God's daughter. The Getty hymn beneath the cross of Jesus says, beneath the cross of Jesus, his family is my own. When strangers chasing selfish dreams, now one through grace alone. How could I now dishonour the ones that you have loved? Beneath the cross of Jesus, see the children called by God. And that is what we are in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. But look also at the tenderness of Christ to Jairus' daughter. First of all, he only lets a few into the house. We read here that it's, Peter, John, James, the child's father and mother and Jesus. That's all that's there. Now that's not because of COVID restrictions, but because he doesn't want the crowd to come and start ogling at this dead girl. Then in verse 54, he touches her as he takes her by the hand. Like this woman, he's not worried about becoming unclean. What's wonderful here is the unclean becomes clean as it comes into contact with Jesus. He touches and makes clean. He makes all things well. 
And then the end of verse 55, he makes sure that there isn't girl is something deep. Yes, of course, that's proof that she's really alive. Just like the widow's son spoke to prove that he was truly alive. Just as Jesus, Jesus ate the fish on the beach to show that he was truly risen and alive. But it more, it's more than just proof, it's compassion. He knows that this little girl is hungry. He wants to make sure that she's fed. I want you to feel this this morning. Feel the tenderness of Christ. See, he's the same today. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Yes, he's no longer ministering physically on earth. He is seated at the Father's side in heaven. But still today, he is no less tender. See, part of the glory of Jesus is that he combines together what we so easily break apart. You see how often, see, we often have people who are gentle or powerful, not both. We have people who are strong and powerful, but they're never gentle. And we have people who are gentle, but never strong. But Jesus shows us perfect gentleness and awesome power combined. So we don't have to fear. We can have faith in his tenderness, in his gentleness. We can have faith in his timing. That is something that I truly struggle with. Don't know about you, but I pray and pray for people to be healed and they die like Jairus' daughter. And we think, Jesus, if you're so powerful and you're so loving, how come that happened? But what we see here is Jesus' timing is perfect. He could have met this woman earlier in his ministry, but he didn't. He could have gone straight to Jairus' daughter, but he didn't. So we have to trust that his timing is best. We might choose to heal someone now. But he will definitely heal them later in the new heaven and new earth. See, this bleeding woman who's now been healed would one day die, just like Jairus and his daughter would one day die. But because of their faith in Jesus, they live with him now. They live with him now and they'll be raised with Jesus when he comes again. And why does Jesus heal people now and not others? I don't know. But I do know that he'll all his people perfectly and completely one day. When he raises us up from the dead and says to us, arise. When he reaches down into death like he does with this little girl. Draw us up. It's just the same when we pray for people's salvation. I might pray ages for someone. Then I see nothing, maybe even the opposite of what I want to see, a hardening of heart. And maybe you know that experience too. Praying for a husband or a child or a brother or a sister or a friend to become Christians. We might never know if that prayer is ever answered. I love the story of the great preacher and evangelist D.L. Moody. He prayed solidly through his life for a hundred of his friends to come to Jesus. And wonderfully, through his life, he saw 96 of those 100 come to Christ. The other four give their lives to Christ at his funeral. 
See, Christ's timing is perfect. And why did those four not come to Christ before their friend's death? I don't know. But I do know that Christ's timing is perfect. So you see, it's not wrong to pray, how long, O Lord? It's not wrong to wonder what God is up to when we suffer. But by faith, we can trust him. He knows what he is doing. We can be sure that his ways are perfect and his timing is best. So trust him. And experience the peace and patience that he gives even in the face of suffering. How long, O Lord? Many of you have sung the hymn Amazing Grace. It's written by John Newton. But he was an amazing hymn writer. He wrote many, many hymns. And I'm going to read the words of a hymn that's maybe not so well known. It's called, I ask the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace. And I'm going to read the words of this hymn because they really sum up the truth of trusting Christ's tenderness and his timing. Even when it's hard and confusing, even when it makes no sense humanly. Please listen to the words of this hymn. I ask the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace, might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face. T'was he who taught me thus to pray, and he I trust has answered prayer. But it has been in such a way as almost drove me to despair. I hoped that in some favoured hour, once he'd answered my request, and by his love's constraining power, subdue my sins and give me rest. Instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart and let the angry powers of hell assault my soul in every part. Yea, more, with his own hand, he seemed intent to aggravate me more, crossed all the fair designs I schemed, humbled my heart and laid me low. Lord, why is this, I trembling cried, Wilt thou pursue thy worm to death? Tis in this way, the Lord replied, I answered prayer for grace and faith. These inward trials I employ from self and pride to set thee free and break thy schemes of earthly joy that thou mayst find thine all in me. Don't fear. Don't fear, but have faith in the tenderness and the timing of this most gracious and compassionate heart of Christ. Let's pray. Tis in this way, the Lord replied, I answered prayer for grace and faith. These inward trials I employ from self and pride to set thee free and break thy schemes of earthly joy that thou mayst find thy all in me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the compassion and love we see in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in our suffering and our hardship that you would help us to rest in Jesus' tenderness and his timing. Lord, we know that there'll be times where we will doubt 
times when we'll cry out to you, how long, O Lord? But as your word tells us, for now we see only as a reflection in a mirror. Then we, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Thank you, Lord, that you know us, you know our weaknesses, you know our sinfulness. Lord, we pray that we would find our all in you. And until that day we see you face to face, help us to trust you, Lord, and to feel the depths of your love in Jesus, we pray. Lord, we pray that you would teach us more of Christ's tenderness and his timing. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. We pray that this service has been an encouragement to you, a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in Christ. We've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again. Thank you for being with us in Donna Cluny Parish. God bless you.